Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am running, you know, I'm running on fumes a little bit this morning, as usual on Sundays, you know, after my Saturday night bartending shift, but I have had two cups of coffee and might as well be 12 cups of coffee because I'm ready to talk about my Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a Super Bowl victory. I cannot, you know, it's, I, yeah, I've been bragging about it all week. If you've seen me on Twitter, I'm sure I've been a little bit unbearable, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I'm riding high. I'm on cloud nine right now. We'll dive into it. Justin Bruni, SGPN's finest, is joining me this morning. We're here to talk about Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to be diving into some uh, dynasty sleepers as well. How are you doing this morning, Justin? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I am on uh, one round of energy drinks so far. I don't quite have the, the multiple cups of Joe in just yet, but I'm feeling good. You know, it's Sunday, you know, no NFL action, but we're here ready to talk some football, talk some fantasy, dive into a little bit of a dynasty conversation. I'm very excited. You know, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Like, my goodness, your body must hate you. Like instead of just like a coffee, it's energy drinks and Slim Jims in the morning. My goodness. It's the Slim Jim rapper. Oh, no, no. I was hoping hoping that was just like a one-time thing, and I was just going to be like, you can laugh at me like, oh, that was just one time, man. No, it's all all about the the Tabasco-flavored Slim Jims. And, uh, you know, it's just you are what you eat. You know, I'm an an agent of habit. You know, I've been rocking. That's that's not good. It's not not good. But as I mentioned in the Slack channel, you know, it's it's time for the uh, the SGPN crew to start turning the, uh, the healthy corner. The healthy part of 2023. I know, you know, it's it's we're well reprieved from like the New Year's resolution because now we're getting closer to the fantasy football expo and we all got to gear up and get our you know our inner athlete you know blooming on the outside for the flag uh, flag football tournament. Pretty oh, excited man. about it. I don't know about you, but we're gonna be dialing it in. Oh man, I'm in trouble. I, I was an offensive lineman in high school. I've since like dropped like 40 pounds and I'm a much lighter man. I was four. It was four a. Okay, I could I could afford to be five eight. And like Damn. 190 pounds, and be and be an offensive lineman. But now, but now I, I don't, know, I don't know what Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what I'm going to convert to at, at, at the expo. So that'll be fun. Um, but before we dive into everything, I want to tell you about WinBet really quick. The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same day parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Stay, start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. I know that's their kind of Super Bowl over there on the NASCAR side. So, you know, check that out for this weekend. Um, but, yeah, with that, we will dive into the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. It was a crazy game. Um Full of emotions. I thought it was over at about before halftime. Watching uh, Mahomes barely walk off the field was very emotional for me. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought, like, oh my god, it's over. It's over already. Come on, that, that's, come on. It's exa- that's, we I, were I in thought, good hands. We were in I, good hands. You I knew was, that he was going to be rocking the perks all night long. Whatever they gave him was going to be keeping him mm-hmm. up well till three or four in the morning. I was never in doubt whatsoever, and I and I called it on our preview show. Eagles first half, KC comeback. It's going to happen. I hit a ton of props in that game, had Kansas City money line in all of them. It was a great Super Bowl for me. I mean, even better for you. I mean, you're you're just a fan. I mean, I, I saw the Twitter content. I, I saw the cigars in the hot tub. I was I was loving the vibes, believe me. 
Yeah, whiskey in the hot tub. We drinking yeah, the fine yeah. stuff that night. Drinking, yeah. you know, drinking the three hundred dollar bottle that I got. You know, for, for the oh, special occasions. Yeah, that is Cars. how you do it, brother. That is how you do it. Just hung out at my dad's a little extra time and uh, hung out in the hot tub. So yeah, it was it was a good time. I enjoyed myself. Um, like it was it was a stressful game though. I didn't enjoy myself until the very end, really. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it just felt like we got the monkey off our back. You know, people were kind of dogging on us. You know, if he, you know, I had my Patriots roommate telling me, you know, we're just, he's Patrick Mahomes is Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Until until he Stop. does it. So, so then it's over. You know, we got Stop. we got two. So now now it's just gravy from here on out. We're just going to be in titles. We're going to be collecting. It's just gravy icing from here on out. But yeah, it was it was an impressive. You know, it was an impressive game by both court. You know, in the first half, Mahomes was barely on the field. Jalen Hurts was barely on the field in the second mm-hmm. half. Um, we really dialed it in though. Um, Man, could uh, Sky Moore making that huge punt return at the end of the game? Uh, yep. I've, you know, and just the success that the Chiefs' offense had with literally throwing to no outside wide receivers was very impressive as well. You know, what were what were some of, what are some of your thoughts on the game? You know, who you thought had the, you know some big plays, some standouts, anything like that? I was just super happy the way that it started. Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown, cash. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, cash. AJ Brown anytime touchdown, cash. Just like the, the first three touchdowns, cash, cash, cash. I didn't, I didn't do so good on the coin flip. I missed, I missed out on that. But you know, I guess I'll take that L for you know three straight touchdown dubs. I mean, the the Super Bowl win, you know, how I thought it was going to go. Like I said, so I was pretty happy with it as far as like performances went. Um, I mean, I thought Devontae Smith played really well. I thought he showed up. Uh, you know, for Kansas City, I just you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, just doing their thing year in and year out super big trust there between those two yeah and you know patrick mahomes man i i know he does i don't think he gets enough credit for his toughness because he has a high voice so you know i mean he has kind of like a higher voice you know it's, he doesn't have like the big manly voice mahomes so I, the I, quarterback here yeah so I don't, I don't i think people like don't give him credit for being like really tough but that, that's what he is you know he you know he may he may yeah. sound what he sounds like but on the you need to in turn you need to like be seeing like that's a cowboy with like a deep musky voice who's been smoking cigarettes for 30 years that's that that's how tough he is that's what patrick mahomes okay this man is steel okay i did not think he was going to go back in after he was barely he really? off his helmet. He's just like, you know, I, I was, I thought it was over. I was like, Oh my God, he's not going to go. He, nah. It's just going to be like, just like this. We're going to see Chad Henney for like a few plays. Oh man. But one game, two quarters. I mean, I, I trusted all the way. You know what I mean? Like I, it, it would, it would be hard for me to see, see them not rolling him out there unless he can literally not move, you know, like I, I'd still put him out there. The man, the myth, the legend himself, you know, I, he, he is my Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, believe, believe me, if we had a a brighter staff over in Chicago, he would have been mine too. Oh, man. You know what? I uh, Yeah, I'm glad you say that because, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear anymore that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have lifted Chicago Bears. Oh, it wouldn't have been the same with Chicago. I think he yes, it would absolutely have. would have. It would have, honestly, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to like dog Kansas City, I think it would have been more impactful around the league because of how bad the Bears were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. you guys, you guys have had some successes, like, and, and not necessarily like playoff successes, but like, there's been like good players. There's been like kind of high, flashy moments. You know, kind of rolling through like the Alex Smith, you know, Jamal Charles, uh, Priest Holmes, even dare I say, right? Like, you've had like some like some bright moments, right? And it just always kind of felt like with Chicago, it's just like pfft, turd season turd season oh jay cutler's here great this is going to get so much better right turd rex grossman turd super season. bowl rex grossman super bowl i'm not sure if you know know about this but i think kyle orton 
I think down the stretch of the season, he played the majority of games. Like Rex Grossman came back that season in the NFC Championship game, or maybe it was the week before, and they just gave him like, oh, hey, we've been awesome without you. Here you go, bud. Here here you are. Here, here are the reins. Do as you will. I mean, you know, we always dog the Bears because they didn't draft Mahomes. Obviously, you know, for the next 30 years, it's not the, the right pick, but that first season with Mitch, they, they about made it to the Super Bowl. I mean – we were right there. Now, I'm not saying that, like, oh, that was the right thing to do. Obviously, it was wrong. We had a moment right there and, and like, in time, right? Like, we get to those those opportunities against the Packers and the NFC Championship against the Eagles, and something always happens. We just got to get over the hump. And Mahomes would be the guy to get us over the hump year after year after year. Mitch had, you know, Mitch and Nagy had a moment. Tariq Cohen had a moment, you know, that season. That was it. Right. Yeah, I mean, your your guy, that kicker, that that kick, those kicker woes. Yeah, those, you know, I, I imagine uh, it's tough to be a Chicago fan. Although in Kansas City, my goodness, Harrison Butker was trying his, his hardest to to lose it for us at the end of the season there. So that's true. That, I that's, thought he that, was, that's true. I thought he was. I thought he was one of the best kickers in the NFL prior to this year, but I I, I might be interested in a change this year. But we'll dive into some Kansas City Chiefs um, and Philadelphia Eagles offseason stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, in the Kansas City side, particularly. There is a lot. It could be a lot of changes for you know, especially for the fantasy football landscape. Uh, right. You know, the wide receivers this year were not. Uh, very, and you know, Juju Smith-Schuster had his. You know, it was it was you know it was like projects. Patrick Mahomes said before. Yeah, it was like Patrick Mahomes said before the year. It, it was a different man every week. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster had his moments. Kadarius Tony had his moments. Sky Moore had a moment or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm sure that is going to be the hole that the Chiefs look to fill this offseason. It'll, you know, just like they addressed the offensive line after the Super Bowl loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, right. I'm sure that they're going to look at this season and be like, man, we need to we need to get better at the wide receiver position. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's really hard. You know, it's impossible to say exactly. You know, who 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 are the Chiefs going to have available in the draft? You know, um, who are they going to sign in free agency or trade? You know, that's impossible. You know, it's just guessing games. But, you know, do you see? Any players, you know, do you see Sky Moore or Kadarius, Tony, um, Juju, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster coming back? Do you see any of these guys making an impact on the offense? Or are they, they more dependent on who, who the Chiefs bring in? I think that Juju could come back. It's going to have to be a team-friendly deal. I think uh, based off of their contracts, uh, Kadarius, Tony's going to be there. Sky Moore's going to be there. So they're just coming back. I, between the two, I like the upside for Kadarius, Tony a little bit more just long-term. Uh, we saw some good stuff out of him in New York. Sky Moore still feels like kind of like a project for them. And I feel that both of them could still be second or third fiddle uh, after a big signing uh, or trade in free agency, like you had mentioned. Again, tough to predict. Or if they were to draft um, someone like a, you know, like a Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, if they like move up the board or they get aggressive, you know, with someone that, that someone that they like in the draft, I feel like, you know, those two guys could still, again, be kind of grasping for touches early on in the season. Um, they feel more like utility type of players. Again, uh, guys like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, where, you know, you can Swiss Army knife them, throw them anywhere in the field, you know, let them stretch open the field, let them be that type of gadget uh, type play where, you know, they get an end around reverse or, you know, get a carry out of the backfield even. We've seen that before. Um, yeah, the team definitely needs, you know, an upgraded wide receiver and running back as well. And I feel like they are going to address those. Um, honestly, I feel like they're going to do more free agency or potentially uh, like a offseason trade for some of these names that we've been hearing, like, you know, maybe a Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen could be a cap casualty. DeAndre Hopkins is now available. He could be on the move. Um, of course, DeAndre Hopkins would love to come to Kansas City, but now that they've cool. taken away his no trade clause, he doesn't have a say in where he's actually going to go. 
So the likelihood that he lands in a, a location like Kansas City or dare I say the Bills or something like that, I think is a little bit more um, good or should be more downplayed at this point because now everyone's um, every team is on the table, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I see them doing exactly that. I, I would assume that they're going to continue to be in win now mode and they're probably going to get somebody in the offseason that they're going to prioritize over these other guys like Tony. Sky Moore, I think MVS will probably be a cap casualty. Do you think he's worth bringing back at his, was it seven million a year? Yeah, no, I think it, yeah, it's between seven and $10 million a year. They, they, it looked like a really big contract when he first signed it, but the Chiefs have an out this year that they can just cut him with very minimal dead hits. Right. So, and um, I, that seems like what's going to happen just, ba- just based on the way the market is. Like it feels like receiver is a position that you can target right now if you're a team that's hungry for the position. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, you know, it just depends. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like all the wide receivers now, like Paris Campbell, like, it seems like he's going to command 10 plus million dollars a year. Like, how? It's just, how? it's just, the you're just That's, like, it's the yeah. market. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's interesting how, you know, it's, it's interesting how wide NFL uh, teams value the wide receiver position because Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster can't get anything on the open market as a kind of a slot possession receiver. That's not what's valued. Um, DJ Shark and Paris Campbell, guys who can, you know, break a pass open deep downfield, you know, although they're not catching passes, teams value this more because, you know, they, they, you know, they open up some space more for the other receivers. You got to kind of dedicate, you know, some men pass interference rules. Yeah, exactly. Pass interference rules. So, you know, guys like that, you know, even MVS is another example. Guys like that are actually who are, you know, aren't as productive. It's, you know, on the stat Mm -hmm. sheet, those guys actually command more money than Juju Smith-Schuster on the open market, which is, you know, just interesting. But um, yeah, like you said about Kadarius, Tony and Sky Moore, I just don't know if there's an everyday role for him. You know, just Kadarius Tony. I, I like him. I like the guy a lot. Um, he's very talented. Every, every play has to be schemed for him, though. Like he does. Yeah, like it's not like he just runs a route and part of the offense. And you know, Mahomes hits him downfield. Every almost every play he has is like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had to scheme Kadarius Tony open somehow, or we give him like a reverse or something like that, and get him in some open space. It's just very rarely, you know, that he's just part of the offense and catches a pass downfield. So, just that he never picked up on it the whole year. Um, being with Kansas City so long that he never was able to work into the offense clearly when he was mm-hmm. very much ne- could have been needed. You know what I mean? So that's just a little concerning to me. I'm just not sure that he'll ever be, you know, more than maybe the wide receiver three. I think him and Sky Moore could be dueling it out for the wide receiver three position next year, kind of depending on how things shake out, especially right. if Juju Smith-Schuster comes back. Um, and, you know, another interesting thought, you know, just about the backfield is very interesting as well. Uh, Jarek McKinnon will be a free agent. Uh, you know, he had a strong stretch kind of toward the end of the year, but kind of puttered out at the end there. And that, that was to be expected, I think. You know, he finished it, as an RB, too. He did finish as an RB. <laughs> it, was through, it was through it's an crazy. incredible stretch, um, you know, where he caught a, like two. He had like two touchdowns a game for like five, six games there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was it was going to be hard to sustain. There was, you know, receipt. He was all receiving work. You know, he had mm-hmm. hardly any rushing attempts and it was mainly touchdown driven as well. So, you know. I, Isaiah Pacheco, he's he's very ta- you know he's so fast you know he's one of the best athletes um you know you look at his uh, like player profiler uh you know just like forty you know speed score agility score he's off the charts mm-hmm. he's you know he's an incredible athlete um led uh, Rutgers uh, three years in rushing yards um and you know although the, you know the offense wasn't very you know he didn't never put up prolific stats the offense wasn't productive the offensive line wasn't very good. But yeah, he, you know, he had, you know, this, he was a sleeper in last year's draft, you know, when the Chiefs selected him, I, I knew, I knew people who were, you know, big fans of Pacheco and they thought he had some talent and, you know, he's, he's so, he's so fast, you know, he hits that, you know, when he, when he hits the line of scrimmage, it already seems like he's running full speed. He mm-hmm. runs very angry, he hits people hard. Um, 
you know, he, he runs with full effort. You see that every single time, you know, maybe vision lacks a little bit. He kind of just, you know, he's not, he's not, does not, doesn't have any wiggle to him really. Um, and he doesn't have great vision. So he kind of just runs into defenders and he's not going to juke anybody out of their shoes. So, right. Although he had a very productive season, I just, you know, if I'm, I'm on the dynasty team, I'm shopping him a little bit. Um, I'm seeing what I can get to him. See if, you know, if I can, you know, add him to a deal that, you know, to, you know, get a player I want, see if I can throw him into a larger deal just because I think, you know, the 2023 free agent class and the, and the rookie class is so deep. I think the chiefs are going to add somebody in that third to fifth round range. They're going to add a free agent and, you know, it's just going to be, I think it's more of a committee next year and the Kansas city chiefs, mm-hmm. you know, they're only going to take the um, ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands so many times too. So, and being in a committee and probably sharing the workload with somebody else and Patrick Mahomes, I just don't, I just don't know if he's going to be able to uh, sustain that kind of production. No, I I don't know if that'll necessarily be the case. I like the the idea of shopping him because right now his his ceiling is pretty high. <clears throat> Excuse me. After the Super Bowl, he had a good playoff run, good good performance. But that was also with you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire being hurt. He's going to be healthy to start next season. I don't imagine he'll be on the roster. Um, whether he's a cap casualty, whether he didn't even make, make he didn't even make it to the Super Bowl parade. Oh, he was fashion. Sad. He was on Fashion Week. He was what? He was on Fashion Week in New York. He was doing. He was wearing like some Armani. You know what I mean? Like he was running the uh, runway instead of he, on Super Bowl parade. That's very peculiar, man. Yeah, that's 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 like one experience. Like, why would you want to miss that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's that that's a very weird turn. Um, again, don't expect him back next year. Uh, I could see them going after, uh, you know, a not you know expensive veteran, maybe like a, a David Montgomery. Maybe like a Dame Harris via trade, something like that, just so that they can get somebody in there that's going to be able to help them a little bit more so in the red zone and give them a little bit more experience out of that backfield, which I think they've been kind of thriving, um, i.e. Jerick McKinnon. If he doesn't come back, I think they need some type of like veteran presence there. Jerick McKinnon was mostly playing kind of like the opposite of the Debo Samuel situation or a running back playing wide receiver out of the backfield. It was always super interesting how they use him. I could see him coming back because I just don't know where he's going to get a bunch of money anywhere else in the league at his age. And schematically, he's just so valuable to the Chiefs. He's not going to be more valuable than he is to any other team. So I think that he could actually be back. And they also may just try to make a like kind of a low-key move for a veteran because, again, this team feels like a win-now type of roster You know, with Travis Kelsey's years kind of dwindling now. I feel like they're going to want to take full advantage and you know make another run at it. And given the open market right now for these types of utility positions and running back and receiver, I don't see why they won't be big buyers this offseason. So tough to say that any of these guys in that running back room will be like super impactful for our fantasy rosters next season. I am in the same camp as you probably look to sell Pacheco before they do make some type of addition where, you know, you're not going to get back as much of a return on him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it might be a little tough to sell him right now. You know, a lot of people are going to be a little trepidated. You know, it's impossible to sell running you, backs in Dynasty anyway. Would you Would you take back a second round pick for him? Would you give him up for a second round pick? Or an early second round pick, I'd give him up, especially in Superflex League. I would. Yeah, I mean, there's typically right around this time of the year, there's a handful of teams that will have two or three second round picks. You know, from the trades that they've been you know accumulating the past couple of seasons. So I don't think that's ridiculous to target you know a running back needy team that might have an extra, you know, first or an extra second draft pick that they might be willing to give up. 
Yeah. So it, that, you know, yeah. Kansas city chiefs have a lot of interesting moves to make this off season. Um, yeah. So that'll, that'll be where I look at is probably, you know, adding a, a receiver or two, mm-hmm. maybe adding somebody to uh, take some of the workload from Pacheco as well. So we'll see. Um, one team that is a little bit less, um, probably a little bit less movement this off season is uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone's locked up. Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, all under mm-hmm. contract. Jalen Smurt, Jalen Hurts is probably going to get paid. Um, you know, the only question mark is really, uh, you know, who, who maybe is playing at running back next year. You know, do you have any highlights of this Philadelphia Eagles uh, offseason or how you think the offense is going to look next year? It's sounding like Miles Sanders uh, is not going to be coming back. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with that. That's a situation to monitor. Um, but honestly, in all my leagues, I, in, a, in a fair amount of leagues, I already had Kenny Gainwell. And in those same leagues, I've also picked up like in the this month, last month, I've picked up Boston Scott like for free in, in a handful of my dynasty leagues. I'm not saying that's going to be some type of fruitful return in fantasy, but you know, if they don't prioritize the position, if they move forward with those two guys and say, you know, another low end veteran, you know, if they don't really attack the position in the draft, it sounds like they will try to, I still don't mind holding those two and just kind of seeing how they figure it out because they have a run first offense that go, goes through Jalen hurts. Obviously, Miles Sanders had a big year, and I think that they're going to try to supplement that production. It just may not be with a sexy addition that people are looking for. It may not be Bajan Robinson. It may not be, you know, going after a guy like David Montgomery. I'm trying to think of another big running back that could be on the move here, but nothing's coming to my head. You know, maybe if they maybe move for like Cam Akers, I don't, I don't know if that's something that they would do. B. John um, Robinson's been been a potential destination for him too. Yeah, that's 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 why I just uh, I mentioned his name. But again, if you go shopping, you know, there's there's always going shopping for what you want and then coming home with what you actually get. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that and he feels like one of those situations where there could be other suitors that are more aggressive in in, in obtaining him because I don't think that the Eagles are going to be overly aggressive and filling the Miles Sanders role because probably at the end of the day they'll just tell themselves, well. We can just bring back Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? Like, what's the worst? What's the worst that could happen to us? Right? We just come back, and maybe you know we have to divide the touches up a little bit more because maybe Sanders can't rush for another twelve hundred yards in back-to-back seasons or double-digit touchdowns. Which, if he were to come back, I would still expect him to regress from the numbers that he put up this season. I would be wanting to sell more Miles Sanders now. I would not be a buyer of him. I would be a buyer of Kenny Gainwell on the low because I still feel like he will have a role there next year, no matter what. Now, is it going to be a big role? Not necessarily, but he will be there. And he's, I think worth at least holding for handcuff considerations. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he has that kind of uh, poor man's Austin Eckler kind of type mold there. You know, he had yeah, like very poor, poor man, very poor, man. <laughs> uh, but uh he, uh, he had 50-plus targets in 2021. It was kind of a mystery why he didn't get used that last year. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of that uh, next yeah. season. Um, you have you know, I have had that discussion before, the curious case of Gainwell, like why they why one week they give him the ball and one week they don't. It's it's just a complete you know, mind fuck with him. Um, he had a strong playoff run, though, uh, first couple of games there. Didn't, kind of quiet against the Kansas City Chiefs, but productive two, first two games there. So um, very good chance. Uh, he, you know, he has a little, larger workload next year, so we'll see. Um, he, had a, that, he had a touchdown call back in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. So, yeah, it could have even yeah. had a bigger Super Bowl, too. So, yeah. uh, Ken, Kenneth Gainwell, a sleeper of mine, too. Uh, I am actually have him coming out with a uh, an article tomorrow for another website, and uh, he's running my sleep, sleeper running back candidate. So Nice. Uh, with that, we will dive into some Dynasty uh, sleepers, which is a great segue. But with that, I'm just going to uh, pay some quick bills really quick tell you about WinBet one more time WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network 
WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-day parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And, of course, if you leave us a review or in a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or YouTube, we would love you for that as well. Man, I'll tell you, I I got this nice thing from Trophy Smack, and I'm I'm not used to adjusting myself to, like, I'm usually having a blank wall behind me. But this is, you know, next (laughs) next week week I'll get this thing from Trophy uh, Smack in the shot here. No, very nice of them. Very nice. Uh, SGPN, little uh, street cred here. So uh, next week I won't be standing in front of that. So I'll adjust myself. I wasn't used to doing that. So it's kind of awkwardly sitting behind me today. So that was bothering me the whole time. But next week I'll get it it right. I love it. (laughs) With that, we will dive into some uh, dynasty quarterback sleepers to start off with. And um, we were talking about this guy a little bit before the show. Uh, But I have Jared Goff first up here. Um, You know, it's. You know, he's he has he's capable of working to the offense around him, but people are, tre- you know, have trepidations thinking that the Lions, of course, are going to get a quarterback of the future here at some point. But he had a very good he was the quarterback 10 in fantasy last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's coming off a very good year. The offensive line is very good. And we know that's where he struggles the most is kind of behind uh, pressure. So he the Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the offensive line is very good. Everything set up to him for him to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the only, you know, kind of mind that we're dealing with is that, you know, the Detroit Lions top 10 pick. Is there a chance that they decide, man, we are one step away. We just need a quarterback, you know. So that's my that's my one, I guess, trepidation. Why I'm not jumping all over golf is because maybe the mm-hmm. Lions do decide to go quarterback. But, that you know, otherwise it's full steam ahead. I think, you know, he's a great dynasty by low right now because, uh, you know, you can probably get him for like an early second round pick, maybe something like that. And, you know, it's tough to get good quarterback production for that. So even if he only plays for another year or two as a starter in Detroit, that would be worth it to me. What do you think? I think right now he is still a top 15 quarterback. So he finishes QB 10 this past season. I would probably put him closer to quarterback 15 or 16. And right now, you know, if you're actually doing startups prior to the draft, you know, February, early March, I think he is an amazing value for his current ADP. I was doing some mock drafts on Fantasy Pros, and he came off the board as quarterback 26. As a QB who just finished as QB 10 this season, that is immense value. They have him at quarterback 20 on Fantasy Pros, and I it looks like comparing him to the SGPN um, dynasty rankings, they actually have him a little bit higher. We have him at QB 22, which is you know a miscalculation in my opinion. Either Tom Brady is one spot ahead of him. Dan Jones two spots, Kenny Pickett, three spots. Like I like the idea of Kenny Pickett in theory, but the weapons that Goff has around him, the offense that he has around him, the offensive line that you mentioned, like he's in a very good uh, situation to succeed right now. Uh, Trey Lance, who we're going to be talking about, is another name ahead of him that, again, I'm just not into given his, uh, or at least the climate or situation of the, the San Francisco 49ers. So I think he's a great value right now. As far as what the the Lions will do with their pick, no one can really say. I don't feel that they are going to um, draft a quarterback after the season that they just had from Jared Goff because, like, 
this is what they this is what they went out and traded for. You know what I mean? Like a top ten quarterback finish, nothing to kick away. You know, Geno Smith, a little a uh, little bit older, but he's kind of in a similar situation where we've seen very good production from him in his new situation. Why would we, you know, not take him at the discount that we're getting from him right now in uh, in startups and early ADP in the months of like February or March? So right now he's a very good value. Of course, we're going to see the boards shake up after the draft, after free agency. But I think personally, the situation probably only gets better. They may go out and get another receiver because you have DJ Shark leaving. Maybe they go out and replace him with another kind of low-end receiver that gives us a little bit more confidence because Jamison Williams, I know we're all excited about. You can't be excited about Jamison Williams and not, you know, have some, you know, inclement of um, preference towards Jared Goff. Like I have to believe if you believe in Jamison Williams, you should probably believe in, you know, Jared Goff, Amon Ra. And man, if they just get DeAndre Swift going. My goodness, this, this yeah. offense could just be a big, big problem. Yeah, I think it could be. You know, they were one of the best in the league last year. I think they'll be could be even better this year, um, especially with Jamison Williams opening up things for everybody. You know, they're going to have to account for his speed. So Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams could kind of help each other out in that aspect. You know, they're both going to open up things for each other. It's going to be hard to double team either one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, we are all hoping that DeAndre Swift uh, gets going here. So we will see. Um, I, uh, Jared Goff was a favorite of mine last season, not necessarily in dynasty, but I did, uh, you know, he was my most drafted quarterback on underdog as a low end mm -hmm. uh, quarterback too. And, you know, I he'll probably be that, you know, one of my most drafted quarterbacks again, this year is a mid tier quarterback too, just cause I think he can definitely, you know, that's his floor. And I think he can definitely mm -hmm. return a lot of value on that. Uh, next up here, uh, Trey Lance. Now hear me out. I, you know, it's just Brock Purdy was the last pick in last year's draft. He was playing with one of the most talented offenses we've probably ever seen. You know, Trent, you know, Trent Williams, left tackle, all the players at the skill positions, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. You know, he just he never was asked to do too much. You know, he kind of floats those passes toward the outside a little bit. He's just not somebody that I think is going to be able to hold a job through summer, not playing, coming off of a UC joint injury. You know what I mean? I just don't mm -hmm. think he's gonna walk into July and they're like, all right, you know, come back in, the starting reps. You know what I mean? So Trey Lance is going to be practicing in shorts starting in April. And, you know, this is a player they spent three first-round picks to acquire. They want this to work out. They don't want to look stupid and, and see that they sent three first-round picks for nothing. So mm. which, do, we, do we think Trey Lance – I think Trey Lance is going to look good in shorts. Everybody, most people do. So I don't think he's going to get the job taken away from him at that point in July. Mm. I just don't think, you know, despite Brock Purdy's success, I just don't think that they're going to turn back to him now. I do think Trey Lance has a short leash next year. I don't think you know, if he struggles, I think it could go right back to Brock Purdy. However, I do, th you know, I, I think it's a misconception people have right now that it's, this is Brock Purdy's job. I think mm -hmm. we will, you know, I, they're not going to announce it for a while, but my prediction would be that Trey Lance is the starter. Um, I don't think he'll do anything to jeopardize that in the summertime. He'll be the week mm -hmm. one starter. And we saw Justin Fields had, I think, the lowest passing yards per game for a quarterback with over 14 attempts. I'm, I think that's a thing. And uh, I was when I was looking at the stats the other day, and we saw him finish as a QB seven. I don't have everything right in front of me here, but I think he, yeah, QB about QB seven missing game. So you know, fantasy mm -hmm. points per game, he was a top five quarterback. So I just you know Trey Lance, and he's playing with all of those weapons too. I, Trey Lance doesn't need to do very much. He can, he can fall backwards into a top 12 quarterback. If he's the starter in this offense, he doesn't have to do anything really. It'll mm -hmm. just happen. So 
you know, big dynasty buy low for me. If I can send a low first round pick, a, you know, a low first round pick in the Superflex League for him right now, I would absolutely do that. Um, you know, you're looking at, um, especially once you get past those top eight picks or so. So I think he's a great buy low. What do you think? I'm not in the same camp. I'm not a big buyer of him. I would, if I'm looking to buy him, you know, because again, if you're looking at his startup value, he's going in like rounds 14, 15, actually went ahead uh, of Jared Goff at quarterback 21. And he's on most folks' boards between like quarterback 12 to quarterback 15 in Dynasty. It just feels a little bit too rich for me, at least from like the total totality ranking perspective. There's just a lot of guys that I would feel more comfortable with at that ADP rather than. I still what I still feel like is taking a risk on Trey Lance because he's still an unproven talent in the NFL. And albeit he has the framework, he has the criteria, he checks a lot of boxes that you're looking for out of a young prospect. But every time his his opportunity has come, you know, something's happened, whether it's been the resurgence resurgence of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's been his health, whether it's been his, you know, inaccuracy or his inability to develop the deep ball. I'm just I'm in the in the camp of sit and wait. If you can get Trey Lance at value, awesome. But if you're drafting Trey Lance in a startup, you also need to be drafting Brock Purdy. And I think the most applicable situation to also obtain Trey Lance is if you are a Brock Purdy owner. If you are, then I am willing to spend that type of capital. I would spend that first round pick that you're talking about. If not, I would probably be looking to potentially sell a later second potentially an early third because then I feel like I'm actually getting value back like I feel like all right this is a win for me whereas where if I trade a first round pick I feel like it's a very like well not just not just risky but it's just unilateral like I feel like what I could get back in in the first round is just going to be just as good if not better than the Trey Lance stock for me you know once we get past those top 10 picks I just did a super flex mock draft Mm -hmm. Uh, you know once we get past those first four quarterbacks, the top two running backs and the big mm-hmm. three receivers, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, we kind of have all an idea who that is. I think that jumps right in. So, you know, I, yeah, ugh, but, it's tough. But it's really, you're, you're missing a key, a key factor landing spots. Cause once landing those landing spots, spots hits those, the, those uh, top, you know, 15 to 16 are probably going to be a lot more valuable. I That's absolutely true. And you know what? It, it might even behoove people to wait a bit more, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, Sure. Yes, you're right. Um, I think you're right. In April, I do think that even an early second round pick could get it done because rookie fever is going to hit. But yeah, I just have like I just think once we get past those tier players like Anthony Richardson, Trey Lance, ooh, that, that's that's really up in the air. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, I I I can I can feel you there. But if you see Anthony Richardson go to the Ravens after we just saw Lamar Jackson, most likely he's going to get franchise tagged. Would that not be a situation that you'd want to get involved in? There's I, I I don't even know if I could entertain it just because I I don't okay. there's zero chance that I, I I will I'm just kidding but um I just I just don't think there's any chance that Lamar Jackson is is not going to end up back there you know especially um yeah they'll franchise tag him and they're yeah, gonna get it done yeah that's you what just, I was saying I I don't know about a long term deal after a I franchise just, tag conversation I'll tell you that it's just it's really hard I, it's he, they're gonna franchise him again the next year so Lamar Jackson I just don't think um, is going to want to. Um, especially since he's a Russian quarterback coming mm-hmm. off three seasons where he didn't meet expectations. I just don't think that he's going to want to chance it. You know what I mean? I think they'll mm-hmm. work out something this year to get it done. So, you know, I just don't know if that's likely, but Anthony Richardson, yeah, I think, you know, him and him and Trey Lance right in the same boat. Will Levis will we'll throw that in there too. I would probably mm-hmm. for a couple wa- rookie wide receivers, but yeah, once you get to that one ten pick, 
that would be something I would maybe send for Trey Lance. But like you said, could end up be you know those rookie picks are mm-hmm. just going to be more and more valuable. So it would be and move people. I don't go to, too much into what players say versus GMs or coaches, but George Kittle interviewed at the I, Super Bowl. He said it's Brock Purdy's job to lose. Just saying. I, and he, and, I heard it. And he said Trey deserves his chance. Trey deserves his chance, but it's Purdy's job to lose. And most likely, it sounds like Purdy, at least from Purdy's mouth, he's targeting training camp to be back. And if he's back by training camp, that's enough time. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. J- Jimmy Garoppolo was in the same camp and he wasn't with his team at all. He was on his own field because he was getting ready to leave. You know what I mean? Like, and then, oh, look, Jimmy's our quarterback. Because he had like to that. be. I think I think the script is going <laughs> Trey Lance is going to be practicing with the team through OTAs. He's going to mm-hmm. be practicing with the team in minicamp. I just don't think they're going to be like they, you know, th- they want this to work so bad. They're not going to be like, man, right. you know, the for the three first round picks I had with a Brock Purdy. I just don't think I think they're going to want to see what he has. So I will expect Trey Lance to be the starter in week one. That's that's just my, you know, not every mm-hmm. most people I I thought I think actually most people disagree with me there. So that's just kind of maybe a hot take of mine. I just don't think that Brock Purdy showed enough to to warrant being the starter through through you know through a six month rehab process. Now that's fair. He, so we'll see what happens. Um, but that's my prediction. So I like Trey Lance this year, and you know if he just gets on the field, I think he'll be a quarterback one. I don't you know it's it almost it'd be a he'd have to be terrible not to be a top twelve quarterback with all those skill players and that rushing upside. <laughs> um, well, I hope he's not terrible then. <laughs> I don't have any Trey Lance in Dynasty, so um. I, I, I'm trying to purchase my first shares now. So we'll see if that happens. I as um, well have zero. Very high <laughs> uh, cost. Been very high cost. But I think I think we're getting to that buy point here. So we'll see what happens. Um, Russell Wilson's my next man up here. Another man coming off a disastrous uh, season. It was it was tough for Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, they often, he just was missing passes. He just did not look like the same guy. The rushing upside is about gone at this point. You know, he still has that mobility in the pocket, but he's not adding a ton with his mm-hmm. rushing upside to the fantasy game anymore. Um, you know, obviously the question will be, was it, was it Nathaniel Hackett? You know, I don't, it definitely just wasn't all Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson was missing players, but you know, this, these are human beings too. You know, he, he moved to a new city. You know, there's a lot of track. You never know what's going on in people's lives, you know? So um, I never heard anything, but you know, you know, maybe he's having some trouble adjusting to a new city, new church, um, new so church. It's never, it's never easy. Yeah, it's never easy. Uh, you know, obviously Nathaniel Hackett was not a great coach. Uh, so, you know, it could be wheels up this year. Sean Payton is going to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Javante Williams will be coming back uh, healthy, hopefully early on in the season. Uh, him and Jerry Judy uh, had a lot of chemistry toward the end of last year. And uh, Russell Wilson looked awfully fine against my Kansas City Chief in two matchups at the end of the season. Uh, top five quarterback in both games, the Kansas City Chiefs defense was you know, Steve Spagnola doesn't like to start playing defense till January. So uh, it's just every year. It's frustrating for me. But yeah, so our, uh, back when the Chiefs defense was Swiss cheese uh, back at the end uh, in the regular season. Yeah, uh, he toasted us. So um, had had a couple good games at the end of last year. I think there's a lot of hope for him. The, the, all the pieces in the offense are still there. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy on the outside. Tim Patrick will be returning as well. So. I think Russell Wilson, although I don't think he's ever going to be a top five fantasy quarterback again. Um, this was a guy who finished like, I want to say eight or nine straight years as a quarter, as a top 10 quarterback uh, prior it was, to it was eight years, eight years. Yeah. Prior to the 2021 season. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think could he bounce back as a top 15 quarterback? I think that's, you know, I think that's his floor. I think that's absolutely within his range of outcomes, maybe a low yeah. end quarterback one. How about you? 
He finishes quarterback 16 the past two seasons. Quarterback yeah. 16, given how bad he was this year, it's pretty good. And for reference, the season prior, again, he finishes quarterback 16. So I think, yeah, you're right. That's his floor is about QB 15, QB 16. And I expect him to move up probably closer to between, you know, quarterback nine through 11. Sean Payton's going to give him a nice boost in the play calling, in my opinion. We've, I don't think that Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are like exactly similar, but I think that there are similarities in their game, the way that they pass the ball. Obviously, they're, they're some of their height disadvantages. And I feel like Sean Payton's going to be able to leverage Russell Wilson's strengths, you know, to really make the offense flow. I could see them making, you know, some type of move in the offseason where they're getting maybe a bump at receiver, maybe getting a bump at running back. Honestly, I think the only the only thing that would prevent like a major move up the board for Russell Wilson would be if this team goes out and somehow acquires Taysom Hill. Because <laughs> I got to imagine the Saints got to be close to being done with them. You know, how much money that they would save getting rid of him. And there's only one coach in the league that's going to be super interested in Taysom Hill. <laughs> that's the that's the only thing I would be worried about is them getting some type of gadget I, type of system or player. That would that be would, too perfect. <laughs> I, I know. That'd be too I perfect. I would love it. I would love yeah. it. Taysom Hill was just vulturing touchdowns away from <laughs> Russell Wilson next year. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be very entertaining, uh, especially for the memes, Twitter, Reddit, etc. Uh, oh, we would all have a great time with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, for Russell Wilson's sake, I, I hope let Taysom happen. Hill ride. There we go. Dude, but I you can see it happening, right? Like, oh, like it's not it would not be abnormal to see the Saints cut him and then out of nowhere, well, where's the best place for this guy? Like who who could really use him? Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> He's back. If, if if he brings in Taysom Hill, I'm dropping Russell Wilson like just 10 spots down my rankings <laughs> just for what that says, just for what I think that says about Russell Wilson. I'm done. I, I if 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 he if Sean Payton looks at and, and Russell Wilson in practice and is like, okay, we need Taysom Hill in here, I'm done. I'm out. I really hope that's not the case though, because I have Jerry Judy. Um, he's one of my, I was, I've always been a fan of Jerry Judy. I, yeah. I loved him coming into a, as a rookie. Uh, I had, I drafted him and like, I, I did so many, that was the COVID year. So I did so many startup drafts. It was, you know, right. I just was just that, so many. What else was there startups. to do? Sleep? Yeah. What else? <laughs> yeah. So um, I just drafted him in almost every dynasty league I did that year. And so, I, you know, obviously it hasn't been great. He had a good rookie year. People just, just act like this guy was just been chopped liver ever since he entered the league. He had, he had bad QBs his rookie year too. Yeah, bad QB. He had some drops, which were an issue. But um, mm. but I think he's going to have – I think, he, you know, he was the wide receiver 11 in fantasy points per game since week seven. So, yeah, I think, you know, wheels up for Jerry Judy, wheels up for Russell Wilson. Uh, Greg Dulcich is also a player I really like this year. So, yeah, yeah, I I think the Denver uh, Broncos are in for a bounce back. But with that, we will dive into the running backs. First up here, I have James Cook. Um, You know, this is a player, you know, that I really like. You know, this is kind of the guys that I look, you know, if I'm working out a big deal, like if I'm working out, you know, nothing to do with James Cook, we're we're dealing with some Mm -hmm. larger players, you know, and – He's somebody, you know, I look at him on another roster. I'm like, oh, you know what? Throw in James Cook and it's a deal. Um, Not to say that he's a, you know, a nothing asset. But, you know, when you're talking about, you know, dealing one of the top 10, uh, you know, your top 12 quarterback, one of the big dynasty running backs, something like that. He's not actually that big of a piece in the grand scheme of things. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of work in things like that, you know, especially, you know, like, ah, James Cook, whatever. Yeah, throw him in there. So, um, you know, maybe a mid second round pick as well. This guy was a, just a second round pick just last year. One of the most athletic running backs in the draft. Um, I believe I have his uh, 40, what was it? Four, four, two, 40 yard dash here. Mm-hmm. Um, he was second in true yards per carry last year. 
first in breakaway run rate, which is uh, runs over 10 yards and kind of the ratio of, of attempts to that. Uh, so, yeah, um, he kind of got this. He People kind of just saw him as a receiving back, but um, he has the vision. He kind of has that quick cut agility like his brother does. He doesn't have the size. Uh, that's the one thing. He's never going to be a 20-plus carry a game guy in the NFL with that frame likely. But uh, in the Buffalo Bills offense, I do think – I mean, Josh Allen is almost the RB1. I think he could be the bell cow running bell cow running back of that offense because, you know, they aren't going to be – they're kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. They, don't, they just don't use the running back that much. So do I think he could excel in a 15-plus touch-per-game role? Absolutely, and I think, you know, that could end up, you know, especially in PPR leagues, maybe top 18 running back, you know, kind of like a – you know, super, a more talented even maybe Jarek McKinnon, a better running version of Jarek McKinnon maybe with some more rushing attempts. What do you think? I'm not out on him. I just think that he's a project. You know, it's it's also a wait-and-see type of situation to wait and see if the Bills grab another running back either in the draft or if they make a move for one. If things stay still, like if, if it's just him and Devin Singletary and, you know, another floater like a Naeem Hines or another veteran, I think the prospect of his season is going to be very good for this upcoming year. But if they are buyers, I would probably be a little bit more timid. And it still feels like they're going to be buyers at the position because they tried to go out and get J.D. McKissick last year. They got Naeem Hines in the middle of the season. James Cook will have another year of experience under his belt in the NFL. But Devin Singletary is as is, is underwhelming like, as he is. His per-touch efficiency was actually pretty solid this season. So I feel like they would need to move on from him, if anything, uh, maybe even get him off the roster for me to feel like really comfortable take him, taking him where he's going, which is about round eight right now in startups. Some guys that went after him that I would still be a little bit more interested in. Um, that commander's backfield right now seems a little bit more enticing with Eric Bieniemy coming over as offensive coordinator. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson went around after him. Um, I'm still like Jameer Gibbs went behind him. He's a rookie that I would potentially still uh, look to prioritize over him oh, yeah. in a landing that, that, spot. That's one hundred percent. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. I, your boy Isaiah Pacheco. I would actually still be a little bit more inclined to draft over him. It's, Again, that's nearly back to back for me. Okay. So there you go. But but on fantasy pros, you're seeing them in a startup. They're they're separated by three rounds. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, they probably are pretty close to each other. But I would still lean Pacheco given his utility on the Kansas City roster, at least at this point. Like, he was a big focus for them. He was their Devin Singletary and James Cook at a lot of different different points. Um, obviously, you know, he was slowed up by injury here and there. He got banged up a little bit, but it was still very reliable. So, yeah, to, to my point is I'm just saying that there's a lot of guys behind him that I would still prioritize or look to take or I would have the belief that they're pretty close, similar to his value. Um, you know, Devin Singletary went four rounds later. Again, they still feel a little bit closer right now. Devin Singletary definitely on a downward swing, you know, as far as his career goes. He's got a guy like James Cook breathing down his neck, and they could bring somebody else in and he could be cut. Uh, but what I've seen from him, eye test wise, it's not really that dissimilar from James Cook. And if James Cook only elevates to like that Devin Singletary level of talent where he's finishing at like RB, you know, 22 to 25, like it's not, it may not be enough for me. But if again, this is a, a wait and see situation, like it's kind of like one of these wild card situations that we're looking at with early ADP, February, March type of drafts where, yeah, if you can get him at good value, I think he's great. But right now, I think the value and the market is higher than what he should be. OK, you know, that that's fair. Um, 
you know, Devin Singletary did have a good year last year, but you know, especially when, especially if you're just measuring those last final six weeks, James Cook mm-hmm. really was far more efficient, especially yep. in his uh, um, opportunities, a lot higher uh, yards per carry. And just when I look at him, you know, I just don't see like just a receiving back. I, you know, he has all, you know, he has a lot better athlete than Devin Singletary. Um, and I just don't see, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I don't watch an over amount of college football. So, you know, a lot of what I do is just kind of highlights and research, you know what I mean? I, I'm mm-hmm. not watching college football games, but so, you know, but watching James Cook this year, you know, I just didn't, I didn't see a guy. I saw some talent running that ball. He has like, he has great vision. Um, he has some of that quick twitch ability to him. So, you know, him, I have him just right ahead of Isaiah Pacheco, but it is close. Um, I have him ahead of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson personally. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but I would take Jameer Gibbs. I, I think that's, that's going to change. That'll change quick. Um, that People just aren't familiar with the rookies yet. Um, right. Jameer Gibbs will be going well ahead of James Cook. I think when it's all said and done. Uh, but we will see uh, the next guy. Oh no, never mind. The next I was gonna. I'll save the exciting one for the next one. I was gonna say I'm excited to ask you about this guy. But Cam Akers is actually who I have up next. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a strong end of the year last year. Um, top 25 running back in final six games. We are now. He will be two years removed from Achilles surgery when the season starts. Uh, it was kind of a world co- uh, roller coaster of a year, though. He. Missed two games being in the doghouse, was in a supplementary role at the beginning of the year. But mm-hmm. uh, Sean McVay just turned it over to him. Those final six games with Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position was like, hey, just take it away here. So uh, Cam, Cam Akers finished strong, seemed to regain a lot of that explosion. Um, like like any, like almost 22, like probably every back, like 20 of the running backs this year, he's going to have to wait and see how um, the 2023 free agent running back and rookie class shakes out. Um, I feel like there's probably only 10 or 12 guys. You're like, this guy locked in don't even worry about it um so but yeah he's kind of in that boat with everybody else but i think if he walks in as the week one starter next year you're looking at a guy with top 15 upside you Mm -hmm. can get this guy for probably a mid second round pick in dynasty drafts right now i mean you know in dynasty leagues um definitely great by low another guy kind of a tossing you know so if you if you're doing a large deal you see cam makers on on the roster yeah throwing cam makers we'll get that deal done what do you think yeah, I'm I'm really good with his value right now. He's actually going one pick ahead of James Cook. And given given the roster, I feel like he probably will be back. They haven't really f- been aggressive with that position since like Todd Gurley, you know what I mean? Like I I, I could absolutely see them um bringing him back, letting him ride it out, especially with Matt Stafford there, and that was kind of the plan before he actually had gotten hurt. So, I could very well see them continuing to ride with him. I don't see the open market other than the draft like having options that are just insanely better than him. So I, I think that they either uh, hold and ride it out with the group that they have, or, you know, they spend a draft pick and they maybe get somebody to compete with him. But I think the situation is still going to be good. Um, like I said, at that value, I would, I would take uh, acres over cook because I think there's a clear path for him be, being a more uh, high volume running back. Bradley is joining us as well. What's up, Bradley? He does a great podcast for SGPN as well and talks yeah. and talking whiskey and bourbon as well. He's, he likes Cam Akers as well, thinks his value is slightly depressed right now. I, I like mm-hmm. him a lot too. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's a great athlete. And obviously, you know, he can handle a lot, uh, probably a bigger workload than James Cook just because of the frame that Cam Akers has. He's a big guy. Right. Uh, so yeah, I really like Cam Akers. I think he's a great buy this year. You know, I'd be shopping around for a mid second, I'd be willing to spend on him. Um, you know, and he is probably, I think he is just going to be tw- just turned 24 years old when the season starts. So right, very young running back. He's 23 start. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Next up, I am excited to ask you about this guy, Khalil Herbert. He had a, mm-hmm. He's coming off his uh, you know, very pretty impressive sophomore season, 732 rushing yards, five yards per carry, um, seventh in evaded tackles per touch. Um, he had a streak of uh, six weeks where he was a top 26 running back, uh, five out of those six weeks before suffering a hip injury in week 10. Kind of hampered his season, didn't really get back going after that, but the, you know, the offense was kind of lost at that point anyway, so – um, David Montgomery's a free agent. What do you think about Khalil Herbert's chance? You know, like I said, rookie running back, you know, we could say this about every single guy. It's going to be mm-hmm. dependent on how, you know, what Chicago Bears also do at running back. But do you think, do you think the Bears will be comfortable rolling with him as the lead guy next year? I think they would be okay with it, but I don't think it's their preference. You know, during the season, I felt like the, the move to make was to, I know people call me crazy, but re-sign Roquan Smith and let go of David Montgomery. It sounds like they're going to be doing the opposite. They've already obviously moved Roquan Smith to the Ravens. He signed a big contract there. And based off of what the Bears have in cap right now and given the running back market, it feels like he's probably coming back. It doesn't seem like the Bears are taking Bajan Robinson with the first overall pick. By all means, I wouldn't hate it as a Bears fan, but it seems like the What's, you, what's this? I, I, I would hate it. I would hate it. If I well, was. I'm sure you do. I, I mean, I don't think that the dynasty community would love it very much, but I, I don't see them using that pick on Bajan Robinson unless they're like really playing this one close to the chest and they're trying to make everybody think that they're going shopping. Please, I would, please don't I, take a running back with the first pick. Please don't do that. Hey, I, buddy, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want them to go shopping. I want them to get. I want them to get a, a, a Trey Lance deal. I want three first round picks for that first round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like I want a I want a big gathering of picks for that pick. But it does again. It doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Of course, they could throw us a curveball and do something like that. But I don't believe that that's a high percentage play or uh, opportunity to happen. Whatever. I think that they're going to bring back Montgomery. I don't think that's a bad thing for Khalil Herbert. He obviously was able to still thrive with him there. I just feel like we're probably going to be waiting for an injury to take place, you know, and you still have Justin Fields, who's now emerged as, you know, that run first quarterback. All this being said, Khalil Herbert in round 10 is not a bad value. I, I, I don't think that that's a bad spot to grab him at what running back 35 off the board. I, I feel like with the potential upside that you're getting there, I don't feel like you're exposing yourself to like a ton of risk. I feel like it's kind of an appropriate ADP at this time. As more details come in, I very well could see him moving up the board or potentially even falling down the board. I feel like he's going to be a good value regardless because if he's moving up, that means that things are you know pointing in a good direction for him where he should be either the lead guy or at least you know have a you know high inclusion in, in the offense. But again, I still see David Montgomery at least right now the way the market's playing out, how much cap we have. It shouldn't be very difficult to bring him back on a contract that will honestly probably be friendly to Montgomery, just given off of how much cap that we have. You know, it's essentially the Bears are going to go shopping for Saquon Barkley. It's either they get him or they probably come back with David Montgomery. That I you think got, those you guys ahead. need to not you guys need to be following. Okay, you guys need to be following the classic strategy of team building here and not spending on the running back position. You need to be spending on everything else but the running back position. That's we not can always spend what whatever do. we want on whatever we want. We have so much cap. You do. And the you cap is going up. Like we can do whatever we want. I you guys I I, I would be spending on You know what? Okay, the 4D chess move in my opinion is to trade Justin Fields. That Here's the thing. No. I would want to be, Trade no. Justin Fields, Bryce Young, no. or CJ Stroud. Pick your favorite. No, yes, no, yes, yes, no. Yes. That's the no. best move. We are. That is. Listen. That, start all over is what you're asking us to do. If that's the case, then 
start no, all you, over. You don't need to. You don't need to start all over. You see, here's the thing. You already set Justin like this year is not going to be your year. Like you, like you guys are going to improve this year, but this, this year's year not gonna is going to be our year. Emerson. So that, that's three. That's three years of Justin Fields' rookie contract. You've already used up. Start, start fresh with a rookie quarterback this year. You know, walking. Hey, next offseason, you're going to be looking at four, three or four more years. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud under a rookie contract, and then you're going to be ready to roll. Um, and I just, you know, I question. We I are ready Justin, to roll right now. I love Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts for fantasy. I just. Sometimes it's harder to run that kind of offense, though, for a long period of time, sustained success. You, you know, we've seen it, but it's just it's just the way the NFL is moving. I also, if I can switch, you know, if I can get a sell a rushing dual threat quarterback high for like, you know, in a passing league, I, I also and I do would consider that. But it we is, could see that kind of change. It is a passing league, but look at the look at the passing targets that Justin Fields has had. That's what true. Are you, like, That's come true. on. Like they make they make a move on a big name, someone that they can bring in that you know God bless can be healthy and can you know play a full season. Like, dude, like this this team could absolutely change right around. Whether it be via the draft with a hall of picks for that first pick, like I I don't know. I, I've heard the arguments for getting Fields off the roster, and I just feel like it's. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to use too many you know negative adjectives, but I think it's just absolutely batshit. Like I I, I don't know. I don't know what. So did you think that Jalen Hurts should have been traded last season? They should have moved on from him. Like he couldn't couldn't get the value. I don't think that Justin Fields could command this offseason. I'd last offseason. Last yeah, offseason. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, this team's a couple of pieces away from make I mean, Fields just finished as a quarterback one this season, given all of this. Why would we assume that he is just going to immediately right. regress? Like, why I, is he just gonna not, get better or worse? Not not regress. I just don't know if he I I just we just don't know if he's a NFL caliber passer yet. And he could be. He had a horrible wide receivers last year, but like I said, he was dead last in passing yards per game for a quarterback with over 14 passing attempts for the whole season. The uh I think the most perfect one is the the drop, Aquamius St. Brown against the Dolphins. I think that's 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 about on par like just uh, one play that can uh surmise the entirety of the season and the, the situation. Uh I mean there's yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of moments like that this season. Like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, Aquamia St. Brown, they traded for Chase Claypool. Like Brian Pringle. Who's, who's the best? Who's the best player of that group? Brian Pringle. Brian. Brian Stop. Pringle. Yes. Stop. Stop. <laughs> exactly. But that's you, you're like you're you're like almost feeding my argument here. Like there's there's no names, there's no talent at these other positions other than David Montgomery and some flashes that we saw from Khalil Herbert with how this conversation started. That's how this conversation started. Yes. Khalil Herbert <laughs> is a sleeper candidate of mine. I do think I, I hope the bears decide to spend their money in other directions to help out Justin Fields. Like I said, if I would consider trading Justin Fields for a first round pick, they're going to, they're going to trade for uh, the, why is his name not coming to me? What's Travis Kelsey's brother's name? His Jason, first name? Kelsey. Jason, Jason Kelsey. We're going to go get Jason Kelsey and we're going to turn this thing around, buddy. We're getting a Kelsey, and that is your ticket to the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'll tell you that that would be fun. Jason Kelsey on the Chicago Bears would be fun. Well, yeah, they're going to the- build up. They're going to build up the offensive line. They're going to get themselves a couple of uh, reliable receivers. Whatever happens with the running backs happens with the running backs, and we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Cam Aker, I mean not Cam Akers, um, Justin Fields. Yeah, I just. 
It's, well, it'll be interesting. I, I, I personally think Justin Fields, of course, is going to be on your roster next year. And you guys have all the cap space in the world. I like the Bears the next season. I just think, you know, he is getting aggressive him. with it. He is him. I, I love it. We'll see what happens. Um, definitely a Jalen Hurst, uh, Jalen Hurts esque rise could be in store for Justin Fields next season. So we'll see what happens. Um, the next player, uh, we'll dive into the wide receivers now, though. Um, who's my first man up? I have here. I have Rashad Bateman as my first player up. Yeah, another great uh, dynasty by low. Um, he, this is a guy with first round draft capital. He was very productive in his first couple games last year. I think he had about 170, you know, 170, 180 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns in his first two games last year. Hampered, uh, I believe he suffered that Liz Frank injury in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of hampered him for a couple weeks. Tried right. to get back on it and uh, just never was able to. Lamar Jackson only threw seven touchdowns the remainder of the season after week three when kind of Rashad Bateman's final season. So it just cratered after Rashad Bateman left. There was nobody on the perimeter. Um, mm-hmm. Teams didn't have to respect, uh, didn't have to respect anybody on the outside. They're, we're just going to take away from Mark Andrews. Good luck, Lamar Jackson. Um, so the offense really struggled. The Ravens do not spend, they could change this offseason, but history tells us they do not uh, go out and get uh, high profile wide receivers or anything like that. So Rashad Bateman, I do think they'll make an addition, but Rashad Bateman is at worst going to be the wide receiver two in this offense next year. And he, you know, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, probably maybe looking at being the wide receiver one again. And if that's the case, and Lamar Jackson has come is back in the offense, I think this guy does have top 20 as wide receiver. And, you know, I saw on, you know, I don't know his dynasty ADP right off the top of my head on fantasy pros, but for example, I do on uh, underdog uh, wide receiver 42. I can't imagine that's Much a big better. value. I can't, I can't imagine that he's higher than the wide receiver 30, 35 in dynasty leagues at the moment. He is. And yeah. What, what was that? Wide receiver 30 is where he's coming 30, off the yeah. board. Okay. Wide that's receiver 33 is where he's ranked. Um, that's a little too rich for me still because that's putting him in about round six of a startup. I'm just going to run through some of the names that are being drafted around him at the receiver position. Uh, George George Pickens, Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Jayon Dotson, uh, Amari Cooper, Jamison Williams, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, uh, Elijah Moore too, but I would, I would have Bateman over him. Most of these guys I would still probably have over Bateman, um, especially in a startup, especially early, this early in the draft. I think we, we had the conversation about Lamar already. It feels like they're going to tag him. He'll probably be back with the Ravens. Um, but they also probably make another move. Like I could see them making uh, like that Paris Campbell move. I could see them making a signing of maybe like an Alan Lazard. I could see them making a move for a Brandon Cooks. Um, Brandon Cooks also another you know trade option for another name that we're going to be talking about here soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if the situation right now is just has enough clarity to where I would spend that early of a pick on him. If we're talking about rounds eight or nine in a startup, I'm going to feel a little bit better. That's out of a 20 round super flex league. I would feel a little bit better drafting him amongst amongst the likes of like Chase Claypool, Rondell Moore, Jacoby Myers, um, Tyler Lockett is going in round nine. I would certainly take Tyler Lockett still over Rashad Bateman at this point, even at his age. Uh, Josh Palmer in round 10, I really like a lot this year. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of other names where I feel like I'm getting a little bit more consistency out of either their career or there's a little bit more clarity in their situation. So I like them. I don't love them. Um, what is it? I, when he was hurt last year, I traded him for uh, Donta Foreman down the stretch. I had a, 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 a range of injuries at uh, running back. I was really hurting. I took Donta Foreman. I, w- I wound up going to the championship, so it, was, it, was, it wasn't all for nothing. Um, Donta Foreman didn't really do much for me in the fantasy playoffs, but it was enough to get me there. So <clears throat> love him. Sorry, don't love him, but don't hate him. 
Okay. That's, that's fair. I just think that I just, I love first round draft profiles. You know, this guy was a first round pick just a couple years ago. Yep. Um, had, you know, injuries his first season. Uh, he didn't get on the field till week seven or so, um, you know, hampered all last season too. So I just don't think he's really gotten a chance to show us what he can do yet. So it's especially, yeah, he's the wide receiver one next year. It's wheels up for me. You know, I'm sure that ranking will rise a little bit if the Ravens don't add anybody. Thousand percent. Um, but, but even even in the wide receiver two role, I don't think that's terrible either. He could still definitely return on his ADP. So we will mm. see, you know, he'd be somebody I'd be shopping, maybe sending out an early second round pick for, especially maybe in a super flex league and seeing what would happen. Uh, next man up I have here is Deontay Johnson. Now he hardly fits the sleeper category for me, but I, kind of just, I just had to bring him in here because, you know, he's sixth in targets last year. And it's just kind of crazy to see him, you know, as the wide receiver 38 on those underdog best ball drafts oh, and, you know, kind of an it. after, kind of an afterthought, even in, um, in dynasty leagues at the moment, kind of people are hot on George Pickens. George Pickens is better at, you know, he, you know, certainly higher a dot catches those big passes downfield physically more of a physically imposing preference uh, presence, mm-hmm. but just with Kenny Pickett, he, Kenny Pickett is not a high pro an elite passer. I did. I didn't see anything in his rookie season to suggest that he's going to be a prolific passer in the future. So how many, how many consistent fantasy targets is this guy going to produce? And, you know, I mean, a lot, you know, it's probably going to be one or two at the most. So I think Deontay Johnson is just such a safe target. You know what I mean? Kenny Pickett's not going to be, a, you know, yeah, he, he's, he made some good throws last season downfield, but you know, he's not going to typically be a deep downfield thrower. So we're going to see a lot of, you know, check, you know, checking down some short throws, um, and I think Deontay Johnson excels in that area. Not a particularly high ADOT, um, but he was sixth in targets last year. Fifth, I believe he's fifth or sixth in targets over the last three seasons. You know, he's just been a target mm-hmm. uh, cog these last few years. So, yeah, I think he he's going to have a uh, definitely re- return on his ADP. And, you know, a nice, dy- you know, early second round pick. It would probably cost you in a dynasty league at the moment for the right buyer, especially in a super flex league where, you know, you have a few quarterbacks going in the first round. Uh, but yeah, I just think George Pickens and uh, Pat Fryermuth are going to be. This is going to be a run-first offense, first of all, and then you know you have George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. I think are going to be more secondary options, boom and bust. Where Deontay Johnson is going to be a little bit more consistent. He was the wide receiver thirty last year, didn't catch a single touchdown pass. I think that'll change. So I yeah, I think this is a very low risk. We're going to you know he's a lock to return on his ADP at the moment. He's going to exceed his ADP right now for certain. I expect his ADP to go up, but I couldn't agree with you anymore. Um, Pickett and Deontay are going to grow. They're going to build on year one. They will get better. Not saying that Deontay Johnson's ADOT is just going to scream up the board, but I do think that we see it go up a bit. He's going to find pay dirt this upcoming season for sure. We just saw Miles Sanders go from, what, one rushing touchdown or zero rushing touchdowns to 11. We can see that turnaround happen, and I think we're going to see it with uh, DJ this up this upcoming year. Uh, I would probably gather somewhere between five and six receiving touchdowns, probably with a similar target share. And right now where you're getting him, you're getting him a couple of picks before Rashad Bateman. He went off the board in this last mock at wide receiver 27. Bateman went at wide receiver 30. You can't tell me you would take Bateman over DJ. Yeah. No, exactly. Right. And they're going four picks away from each other. Oddly enough, DJ and Pickens went back to back. The first two picks of the sixth round. It's the only time I've ever actually seen DJ drafted over Pickens so far this offseason because I, like you, have been doing a lot of underdog drafts where he's going in, again, round six or seven in a 20-round draft. 
and that's just best ball, right? So like you're, you're just literally getting the best weeks out of them. So there's tons of opportunity there. There's tons of opportunity to grab them right now at a friendly ADP uh, off the board and any startups happening prior to the draft. I offered, you know, may not be as fair, but I offered Zay Jones and DJ Chark for him in hopes that someone might be lower on him. You know, I don't know if that one's going to come through, but I'm trying to, you know, start the negotiations as, as we say. <laughs> you, oh man. I, uh, yeah. I, good luck getting that one dead. We'll see. We'll see. The guy's I'll, hungry uh, for receivers. So hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's low on Deontay. Somehow the market is not high on him right now. So, you know, that I, I'm not sending an offer that behooves the market. I, um, yeah, it's, it's always tough to especially like to feel, you know, it's always tough, especially to feel like what's a fair trade. You know what I mean? I look back at some trades. I'll post it on Twitter. I, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Come at me. Yeah, you're right. I want to trade these two less than great players for a great player. No shit. <laughs> I always, that's, that, that, that's one that I'm usually like, I click on it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even responding. <laughs> Reject. Well, see, like if, if you're interested in moving DJ, then you'll respond. If you won't, then, you know, then you won't, then you're not obviously interested in moving him. We'll see. I, um, I, Deontay Johnson is not somebody I'll be, I'm holding in all my dynasty leagues. Um, I you know, and I'll be even trying to, yeah, like I said, buying maybe for an early second round pick. Um, the last wide. Oh no, we have two more wide receivers. Mm. Uh, next up I hear I have Donovan Peoples Jones, DPJ. coming off a very strong season he i believe what was it he had his best finish uh, so far yeah 839 yards and three touchdowns um mm -hmm. number two number two wide receiver in the offense um yeah, yeah just did, didn't get really talked about much besides having a very good year i expect this offense to be much better this year deshaun watson with an off with an off season to fully focus on football probably this year um i just think it's hard for me to see think that he just lost it in those years i think he's very right. talented, one of the best quarterbacks in the league so he's dependent on what the Cleveland Browns do at the wide receiver position. Are they going to make a trade? Are they going to draft a wide receiver? David Bell is another, you know, does he take a step forward in the offense? Right. However, I think he is the lead candidate for the second wide receiver position at the moment. This is going to be a much better offense. Sean Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think he could kind of maybe feel like a Will Fuller type role. He's not quite the downfield threat, but he does have, you know, he, has a very high yard for catch his first two years in the league that kind of changed a little bit last year with the offense. But um, yeah, I think that Donovan Peoples Jones could definitely return on his ADP. This is somebody you can probably, especially, you know, it's kind of hard to work him into a single, you know, so it's these kind of sleeper candidates. Sometimes it's hard to work into a single trade, but yeah, if you see Donovan Peoples Jones on your roster and you already have a deal that you already have in place that you're going to accept. Yeah. Be like, Hey, we got a deal. If you throw in Donovan Peoples Jones, mm -hmm. um, but as we get to the draft, you know, this is a guy when, when people when you're on the clock and the with the three two or three three, somebody's gonna have somebody that they they love at that pick and they'll be like, I'll take Donovan Peoples Jones and they'd be like, okay, perfect. You know what I mean? So uh definitely a good buy low there. How do you think uh his twenty through twenty three outlook looks? I think this season, uh, starting from like OTAs through week one, it's gonna go woo, 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 up and down, up and down, just because I feel like they'll probably make a move in the draft that'll make us go, hmm. Hmm. Should we prioritize or deprioritize DPJ? Does this improve or not improve his position? Then they could also make a move in the offseason. I like guys like a Brandon Cooks or an Alan Lazard potentially going there. Okay, is this going to make his situation better or worse? Oh, look, they uh they go through an injury. Is this going to make his situation better or worse? You know, Amari Cooper isn't the uh, the cleanest bill of health for receivers in years past. Um, so I feel like it's going to be an up and down value, you know. Um uh, evaluation from him from him from now until week one 
Right now, he's coming off the board round 11, wide receiver 59. I think that's very good. No matter what his situ whatever situation unfolds, I think that's a very good spot to get him based off of the season that he did have, based off of his, of his roster utility today. I think that's more than an equitable place to pick him up. And if you do wind up drafting him ahead of that, it's probably because there have been good indicators to show that, oh, his value is either rising or his position on the team is a little bit more concrete. Um, I see them most likely letting uh, Kareem Hunt walk, and they probably, you know, sign a, a receiver of some sort. Not a not a high-profile name, but, you know, a, a body for sure. I think that they'll ride forward with uh, Nick Chubb and uh, Dearness Johnson and grab a receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So we'll see. He'll kind of be on that wide, wide receiver two borderline. He'll probably be competing mm -hmm. with somebody to be the wide receiver two, but I feel like that's kind of baked into that wide receiver 59 price tag. So good Yeah, yeah. There. This There's no risk of where he's at right now. And comparing that to like a trade offer, like, I mean, I think you you could get it done with round three or later. It just depends on how many rounds your your drafts are, really. You know, uh, you know, I'm very interested to see who you have, what, where, where this next guy ranks. So where does Michael Gallup rank in those dynasty rankings? Ugh. Higher than DPJ. Ugh. Round He's... 10, wide receiver 50. No thanks. Sorry. No thanks. I like him there still. Oh, it's tough, but I think that's still a decent value there, especially if he's the second wide receiver in this offense next year. We'll see. He's Big really... question mark there, buddy. Big I, question was, mark there. I just don't I don't know if we can take anything away from his last season. You know, um, he was he, he was at an injury. Season, what season can you take away from? He's been wide receiver 66, 77, 38. His highest season is wide receiver 22 in 2019. He, he did have 2,000 yards between that 2019 and 2020 season there. Um, nice little stretch, um, kind of an injury shortened. Um, you know, wasn't overly productive in 2021. 20, uh, um, and obviously last year he just wasn't fully healthy. So, you know, I don't know if we can take away much from last season. I think, you know, with Dalton Schultz uh, not being there, you know, this is another guy just like what what is his role? You know, if the Dallas Cowboys get DeAndre Hopkins, okay, yeah, Michael Gallup is, you know, he's not going to have much of a role. But this is a guy who has the talent and skill set to be that wide receiver, too, in the offense with C.D. Lamb. And Dak Prescott's still a very good quarterback. So, you know, he could mm -hmm. have a very big role. I think, you know, he's a candidate to hit a thousand, you know, be that 800 to a thousand yard wide receiver next year. Um, like I said, it's just, you know, with a lot of these guys we're talking about today, you know, it's just it's impossible to tell what these teams are going to do at the position at their position and kind of what their um, targets are going to be. But um, just like Jonathan Peoples-Jones, he's the way it stands right now. He's in line for a very large workload next season and it's a big value. Yeah, Michael Gallup to me is closer to a cap casualty than he is a, a candidate for, you know, 800 plus receiving yards a season. I'm going to try and pull it up now. Uh, Dallas Cowboys cap hits but uh yeah he feels like he would be more inclined to be off the roster than anything uh, let me see here he's up there for sure and da, 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 da. cd lamb is still higher nope michael gallup is higher 13 million per year that's a lot what's the dead cap, cap hit 19 was it 19 hang on no Dead money and cap, five five million. So I mean, five, I just 5. I, I don't think they'll cut him to save five million or to save eight million bucks. Just considering where the wide receiver market is, you know, I was telling you like Paris Campbell is going to get ten plus million dollars. Uh, you oh, know, just guys like oh, that. This so is Jerry's world we're talking about right now. DeAndre Hopkins is available. Michael Thomas will be available. Keenan Allen could be a cap casualty. 
you can't tell me that Jerry's world isn't taking a look at those guys ahead of Michael Gallup for eight million bucks. Um, it could happen. Like I said, I just don't I just don't know if they have I'd have to look at the Dallas Cowboys cap situation. It like off the top of my head, when I think about their roster, I don't think they'll be swimming in, in money this offseason. I could be wrong about that. So uh, so he's the sixth highest paid cowboy. The guy ahead of him, number five, is restructuring his contract, Zeke Elliott. So I would expect either the same situation to happen where they either restructure or he's a cap casualty. There's no way that he can continue to make the same amount of money with what he did last season, even after the injury, because he came back and they had all this confidence in him. Like it, It's just not a great situation. And again, with how open the market is, $8 bucks, I feel like can be spent much better else elsewhere around the league. You know, if Michael Gallup does end up leaving, I think I I might even like it more just because I think, you know, he's going to sign like an MVS type contract, sure, like just like sure. last year. He's going to end up being, sure. he's going to walk into probably somewhere. Somebody's going to want to pay him to be the wide receiver two or three in the offense to always be sure. on the field. The Chiefs, the Chiefs could be a candidate to replace uh, MVS with him. You know what I mean? Like that, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. So um, I think he has upside. <laughs> I, I you know he has, we've seen, we've seen the talent. He has a thousand yard receiving under a, a year underneath his belt. Um, I do, you know, like I said, I don't think wide receiver 50 is too, it's, you know, it's, it's almost him and D- Donovan Peoples Jones are right beside, yeah, right beside each other. Maybe, you know, maybe well, who would you rather slide. take? Who would you take DPJ or Gallup? I take DPJ. I don't, I don't, I don't have to think I'd about sli- that. Slightly take DPJ, but I, that's less, that's more to do with, I think DP, DPJ should be higher in the rankings than I think Don- yeah. Michael Gallup should be too much lower. Um, so uh, yeah, I think they should probably be in a similar range. Gallup's about probably ten to twelve spots higher than you know what I think he should be. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I I think Gallup is just somebody whose name you know, especially on underdog. I think on underdog, he's like the wide receiver sixty something. Um, yeah, that, that makes I, that that makes more sense to me. Yeah, but again, that's I, I, also in a in a in a season long. Yeah, of course, season long league, of course. Um, but yeah, he's just someone. Yeah, who in those underdog drafts and best ball. Yeah, I'm just like yep, click click when his name pops up on the list so mm-hmm. i really like the potential there we'll see if he is back in dallas though um i don't know i don't i don't know if they're they're gonna have to add significant weapons at receiver though if he doesn't because dalton schultz might not be back and then after that the dallas cowboys just didn't have anybody uh right. you know who would who, noah brown was the guy who they were playing dak, last year dak really liked noah brown that's hey, that's that's like a noah brown, is like some, noah brown i guess but that i mean so like Cavante turban didn't happen right no. Um, who was the other one? Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me. There's no, another the big, one. No, it was the, this was the, we're, we're missing the guy who everyone was on last year. What is his name? Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert. Everyone was on Jalen Tolbert. That's that's exactly who it was. I, you didn't let me think of it. That's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, any one of those guys could be the next the next guy up. But Noah Brown, he played much better than Jalen Tolbert. He was much better than Cavante Turbin. Like, I, I'm not saying again like he could be the guy, but. I could see him in a Michael Gallup type of role. And we actually saw that at certain times. Again, out of necessity, you're right. But out of this group of like, you know, young prospects that they have, he obviously rose to the top. He he outplayed, you know, Tolbert enough to, you know, stay on the field more than him when he was healthy. I know Tolbert did have an injury at one at one point. Um yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm glad we got we got some disagreement. We had some consensus ones. We got some disagreement. It was good. Um, I had some tight end, but you know, with us running uh, low on time here, I'm gonna skip the tight ends. It's a it, just a it, no tight end is ever a dynasty buy. Okay, D- tight ends are always dynasty sells. I, was gonna I, I like the names in. that you put on here. I like Ninjoku and and McBride both. I think they're both great buy candidates. Keep Dave, we'll, we will tell the people. I had David Ninjoku and Trey McBride scripted up, but 
I, I'll just tell you, David Njoku, the only guy who can compete with Saquon Barkley in a, in a, in a wet T-shirt contest, you know, <laughs> shirt, shirt stripping off. David Njoku, Saquon Barkley, you don't want to be standing next to those guys. Lead athlete, big contract. Trey McBride, second-round pick. Zach Ertz coming off an ACL yeah. injury at 33 years old. Those Good are two situations. situations I part of. Absolutely. Love them. Love them. Justin, what are you working on this week? Anything and everything. I'm doing underdog. I'm doing dynasty trading. I'm doing uh, you know, some editing. Me and Andrew will be on talking part two of our uh, wide receiver discussion on underdog, talking some ADPs, talking some you know do not draft, some must owns. So yeah, tune in, follow along, go uh, smash the like button on uh, on YouTube, follow us at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We've got all the good stuff for you. Yep, and we would we will kiss your face if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Just uh, that's a real thing. I will I I will come if you come to my house. I will kiss your face. <laughs> I just think you're a coward if you don't leave us a review. I mean, like, what are you doing? You spent all this time just listening, and now you can't, you know, leave and, a review. And, and you're gonna get absolutely roasted by Justin Bruni, apparently. <laughs> just saying. I love it. Thanks for joining me today, man. I appreciate you on this first Sunday without football, on this long off season without football. So we are just getting started here. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us.